And good morning. Welcome to City Talk Live here high atop the Omarks building, looking over beautiful downtown sunny Newburn, even on a rainy day. Sabrina today is not here, so uh, sitting in for Sabrina is going to be Bernie Sanders. Say good morning, Bernie Sanders. Hello, everyone. <laughs> That's Bernie Sanders? Yeah. That's your best Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Hey. Hey. I'll hey. be to give everybody everything. So, yeah. Bernie, are, are you're a socialist. What does that mean? Well... That's your Bernie Sanders? <laughs> really? All right, it isn't Bernie Sanders. I was going to do the whole Bernie Sanders thing myself. Hey, what we're going to do is we're going to give everybody everything. everything. We're going to give them free, ev- free college, free this. Well, we're not going to do that. Hey, uh, let me see. We are on City Talk, talknewburn.net. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at Talk Newburn. You can follow us on Twitter at Talk Newburn. Uh, email us at uh, Talk at talknewburn.net or you can call us 633-4243 this morning sabrina it, she blew in here like hurricane sabrina, hurricane sabrina. uh yes yeah, she did she blew in here like hurricane sabrina and said uh well you remember we're going off on uh we're going off to what she said she's doing something in raleigh oh she's going off to raleigh to do bear uh, swiss bear swiss bear it's the main street um it's the main street training Newburn right. is Newburn is a main street city. It's a she's going to come back and give us all the information. Exciting. Uh, she's I know that is exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, very exciting. She's going off with Lynn Herakel, the new director of the Swiss Bear uh, over there. And let's see. Let's see what they let's see what they do when they come back. All right. Um, also, I, I just uh, Denny Booker is supposed to be babysitting this oh, morning. Excellent. But I just called him. Yeah. And I said, uh, Denny, where are you? And he goes, uh, uh-huh. Uh, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> so I'm sitting here by myself, on my own, all alone. No, you're not. You got me. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Excellent. That's a great... Neil, this is Neil, our producer. That's a great, great, great comfort to me as I yes. sit here trying to fill dead airspace. Dead airspace. All right. Last week, um, last week we had Denny Booker on babysitting, okay. and he... You know you got to speak into the mic. Yes, I do. All right. Last week we had Denny Booker on and we were talking about Cherry Point. He did a really, really good job about it. Right. Um, getting awareness out that Cherry Point is not, uh, you know, they put in $2.1 billion into our economy and it's uh, not necessarily a foregone conclusion. Got a lot of reaction from Marines, got a lot of reaction from the, from the public saying, yeah, good job keeping up the awareness on that issue. This right. week on City Talk... You know what we're going to talk about, Neil? What's that, Lee? You have no idea, do you? I just produce it. All right. <laughs> I actually have a list of things we're going to talk about. Um, first up is going to be the, the aldermen decided they wanted to uh, reduce electric rates again. That's wonderful. How is that wonderful? Well, saves me money. Well, it does save you money in the short run, but how is it wonderful in the long run? This is, this is what we're going to... It's going to be an in-depth expose it, into this. It's going to be enlightening, Lee. Enlightening? All right. Well, here's the deal. At the beginning of the year, have you ever heard of something called a budget? Sure. A budget is done in July of every year, and you set out in that budget what your costs are going to be, what your expected costs are for the year, and what your expected revenues are for the year. I understand. You, you do computer science and you teach math, yeah. don't you? Yeah. All right. Now, if you have expected costs of X in July mm-hmm. and you have expected revenues of X in July. Right. And those revenues are supposed to cover the costs. Okay. You're following me so I'm far. I'm with you. You're following me. I'm, I feel you. All right. Lee. Now 
in the middle of the year because you get a wild hair up your tuchus, up your tuchus, you decide you want to cut your revenue. What happens? You're going to run out of money, Lee. Really? I, I, in my humble opinion. And the one and only alderman out there to recognize this was Pat Scheibel. She voted against it. Pat seems to think that you need to take in at least as much money in revenues as you have for your costs. That's wonderful. I mean, this is a novel approach to government or business or anything. I, uh, yes. Yeah. All right. So Pat Scheibel did the right thing this month by saying, hey, you know what? I don't know what this wacky idea of, uh, of cutting electric bills uh, uh, rates again is coming from. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you remember the Roman Empire? Sure, familiar with it. All right, familiar with it. Yeah. Remember when? Uh, remember when the the emperors were really, really not doing all that well. That they had that Caligula like guy. Caligula thing. He was out there doing yeah. all sorts of wackadoo crap. And what did he do to distract the people? He, he did what? Burnt Rome. No, he didn't burn Rome. Well, Those he the savages. Persecuted Christians. No. Well, oh, he did that. He, he did, did that. that. He, he persecuted Christians. Chris, yeah. But what he also yeah he started up the uh, Colosseum games again, the gladiators. Oh. Let's just distract the people from how bad things are around, how bad my leadership is, by having Colise- uh, by having the gladiators. So they'd come in, they'd reenact all sorts of stuff, you know, throw a few Christians to the lions, well, yeah. and next thing you know, people were saying, "All right, this is a great leader." That's <laughs> what this. That's what this. Um, as much Sabrina wanted me to Sabrina wanted me to say that hey, as much as uh, everybody wanted electric rates lowered, right? Um, this is a politically motivated distraction technique. As a matter of fact, we How's got that? we got a uh, an email from a gentleman this morning. I don't know if it was a gentleman because it was on discretion.com. Um, and I'll try pulling that up right now. Uh, the here it is. Let me see. All right. Good morning. Welcome back to City Talk live here with Lee and Sabrina. Sabrina is today going off to Raleigh. Um, As I told you before the break, she's off in Raleigh working with uh, Lynn Herakel, the brand new director of the Swiss Bear. Um, She's got a heck of a lot of energy. She's been here. She's got to. Yeah, she has got just she and her husband, Mark. They own the I think it's the Blade Mansion right down there. The huge white. Victorian. They, oh, really? They did a great job. Uh, they did a great job restoring that thing to yeah. its original gl- grandeur. Mark Herakel is a he. He works. Um, he, I think he's an engineer by trade. He used to be. He used to be the president of uh, ha- of Hatteras, oh. and now he is. He's working on international startups. Fantastic, wonderful man. Wow! If you, if you get a chance what to talk ass- to Mark yeah. Herakel yeah. when he blasts into town for a little while. Um, but he's a globetrotter doing, you know, bringing his uh, bringing his knowledge back here and bringing Newburn's uh, awareness of Newburn all over the place. Right. Lynn is jumped into the Swiss Bear at a time when the city, um, you know, this group of city people, the the alderman, I guess, what are they called? The alderman, 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 and what's the guy with the gavel? Uh, the mayor. Yeah, that guy. When they decide in their infinite wisdom, hey. You know what? For the past 30 years, the Swiss Bear has really made this town what it is. They've provided the vision. They've provided the leadership. They've provided, they've got a group of 27 people on their board with, uh, with I'm not going to say thousands, but yeah, probably thousands of years of experience in them. They're, they're, they're just brilliant people. And uh, Dana and this board of aldermen just with one fell swoop said, we don't need your leadership anymore. And now we have the leadership of a paint salesman and a guy who <laughs> sells uh, who sells space in uh, mini storage marts. And Johnny Ray Kinsey, 
who happens to be a um, what does he do? A muscle guy. Uh, uh, so th- we have that great leadership instead right. of instead of people who actually know what they're doing. Lynn Herakel is going to bring it back. She's going to she's going to move the the Swiss Bear into the 21st century. Wonderful. Susan Moffat Thomas, her predecessor, fantastic woman. Love mm. Susan Moffat Thomas. Under her leadership, the Swiss Bear thrived for 30 years. And if you if you're new to Newburn, or I mean you're probably just getting sick of hearing it, but if you're new to Newburn, um, go go down to the Swiss Bear office and look at what Newburn looked like. 30 years ago yeah, before. I, have you seen them? Yeah. It was shocking. It was all industrial. It was uh, it was all industrial along the riverfront. It was industrial. It, it was industrial. It was also, um, you know, the downtown was a, a, a ghost yeah, town. Ghost town, right. There, there was nothing here. I, I mean, there was a couple of wig shops, I guess. But th- <laughs> there were. Yeah, really? Yeah. I think it was a wig shop. Huh. I mean, you didn't, let's put it this way. You di- definitely didn't see gourmet olive oil shops down here at that time. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Well, do, do you could take that to the bank, Neil. All right. I take will. that to Probably the bank later, now. Later now. today. Take, <laughs> anyway, Lynn, Herakal, Sabrina Bengal, thank you for taking time out of your day to go to Raleigh to, to figure this out. The next thing, the next thing up, we got yes. something on. Dis- Tell me, Lee. Di- I, I'm going to. All right. Discretion.com. <laughs> it's actually Denny Booker will be here in a minute and he'll Denny explain will, it, how we met on discretion.com. Really? Yeah, we did. But we got also got a letter, a message on discretion.com about the electric rate, uh, this this electric rate decrease. Tell me. Um, is it politi- politically motivated? Is it not politically motivated? The only way to, to figure that out, how does it fit in the bigger strategic uh, plan for the city? First of all. Hey, how is it? Is that your question, Neil? Yeah. All right. There is no strategic plan. There is absolutely no strategic plan. We're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, And you have to look at all these things in depth. Where's the city going? What's it doing with your money? Can you trust them with your money? Can I? No, you can't. (laughs) You absolutely cannot. You absolutely cannot trust them with your money. Not one little bit. I wouldn't give them a dollar twenty-five to go down to the Pepsi store (laughs) to get me a Coke or a Pepsi. Sorry, a Brad's drink. And I and I trust my ten-year-old son to do that. All right, are you interested? Hey, oh, there's Denny. There's Denny. He just did his hair. Are you, are you interested at all in the discretion.com? I took completely, Lee. That seemed contrived to me. Uh, no, no, it was sincere. All right. I'm handing off to Denny. All right, here you go. The, the, uh, the message on uh, discretion.com was 1.25% electric rate reduction was a political stunt to create a diversion to the Third Street property and mayoral statements issue. Outrageous, outlandish. Good morning, Denny Booker. Good morning. morning. Uh, I I was listening as I uh, as I rolled in here this morning. Now you're here to babysit. No, I, I think uh, I think one percent or one point five percent reduction in electric rate is smoke and mirrors because nobody's going to notice it. If if your electric bill is two hundred, it's going to be one ninety seven. So it it. Uh, yeah, I think smokescreen might be a good word as it uh, as it kind of clouds what's really going on in our community. And there's some important things going on right now that are, aren't being uh, taken care of, obviously. Well, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, so the question on the board from from our city, you know, our, that we got is the one point two five percent electric rate reduction a political stunt to create a diversion to the Third Street property and mayoral st- and mayoral statements. The statements they're talking about is when Mayor Outlaw. Um, 
told a black leader here, an African-American leader, Don Baldwin Gibson, um, that the African-Americans are not all that thoughtful and just want to eat their collards and cabbage, so why do they need a farmer's market? I think that's the, the statement that this yeah. guy's referring to. I'm sure. Um, and past, past racist comments by the mayor. I think they're, they're getting pressure, so what do, you, what do you do? Just like Neil and I were talking about, what did the Roman emperors do before, when they got trouble? They started gladiator fights, and they, they brought out people to kill each other and diverted people's attention. Now, how do we know that that is true? We, t we went through the budget earlier, and we said, you have a, I mean, you're a business guy, right? Yes, sir. You spent your entire life in business. Uh, you have this budget thing, right? You do a budget, obviously, each year, and you, you do your best to project your revenue and your expenses. And as the year goes on, you make adjustments if you have to, generally in your expenses, if your revenue is down. Um, if your revenue is up and, and you keep your expenses constant, then you have more money in the bank at the end of the year, which would be a good thing for a city as well as a, as a private business. So now, that, the, this cutting of this, uh, of this rate at this point makes no sense to me. I, I, I'm, I'm puzzled. Well, and I, I was given kudos where kudos are, are, are owed. Alderman Pat Scheibel was the only one who voted against this. Uh, the newspaper article in, uh, Pat says that, look, I listened to the department heads. You know, I listened to the department heads. This was a, uh, that was a uh, Sun Journal article. And she said, look, I listened to the department heads and they said this was, you know, reading between the lines, they said this was a bad idea. Yeah. And it's a bad idea because now, um, you know, if you, if you read the article and you talk to people who are in the know, they'll say, now we don't have the revenue to meet our expenses. Yeah. It's gonna, it's it's quick and easy way to have a feel good up on the board of aldermen, blah, 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 blah. And hopefully people will forget that Dana's made these racist comments. Well, I, <clears throat> I, I, I hope they're not related, but I suspect you're right that there was uh, uh, something to get new headlines in the newspaper and, and make, make people feel good that their electric rates are going down. But again, nobody's going to notice. Uh, the average electric bill, if I recall, the actual electricity on the utility bill is under $100 for the average resident, so they're going to see a dollar and change reduction. And I don't think that's going to, uh, to get too many people excited. All right. Do you ever watch NCIS? Uh, I have seen it, yeah. You like Gibbs? Yes. All right. Gibbs has a set of rules on that show. And one of his rules, well, rule number nine is always carry a knife. Um, I, I, don't, I don't abide by that rule, but one of his other rules says there is no such thing as coincidence. And when you have two things uh, so temporarily um, related, you know, in cutting the electric rates and this whole hubbub about Dana being a racist, you have those things going on at the same time. Uh, something's going on, especially when this electric rate decrease came out of the blue. You know, if it had been contemplated uh, for, for months and months and months, and then they said, yeah, we finally discussed it, but it's just like one day, hey, you know what, guys? Let's cut the electric rates. Well, hello, strategic plan. It's not there. Yeah, I, I agree with him. I don't believe in coincidences either. I think that's... You remind me a lot of Gibbs. Yeah, thanks. You've never smacked me on the back of the head, but <laughs> I, I kind of like... I mean, I could see you smacking me on the head's Gibbs style. I have a few times. All right, that's true. Never mind. Hey, so... Look, here's, here's the, the real deal about uh, the electric rates. I had a client come in uh, this week. He has a property um, out, uh, 
out by um, going down going down 70 out by uh, Gibbs Road that area somewhere mm -hmm. out somewhere out in that area the property um, he wanted to build a house so he went and he got a temporary hookup by Newburn Electric while the during the construction phase after the house was built he discovers that that property has both Newburn poles and Duke poles on it and traditionally everybody on that side of 70 is being serviced by Duke so he said hey I want I want Duke you know I want Newburn to take their electricity out and I want uh, I want Duke so he came to me and we you know we worked through the contracts that he had blah 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 we worked through the reasons behind you know he was under the impression as a lot of people are under the impression that Newburn is so much higher than Duke that it's just gonna well yeah. After doing some after doing some research, after looking at the presentation, after looking at the facts, you know what Duke Duke is per kilowatt hour? I do not know what their rates are. Their their rates are eleven cents a kilowatt hour. And New Burns are twelve point two cents. 12, 13, yeah. Twelve point two cents right. a kilowatt hour. What is that? Eleven percent difference? That's yeah, about ten percent more. Ten yeah. percent difference. Now, after um after you put on the load management, you get your hot water heater. Your air conditioning uh, on load management. Guess what the difference is? Minimal, I'm sure. Zero. Yeah. Like 0.2 percent. So Newburn, Newburn has achieved. If you do the load management, Newburn has achieved parity with Duke, which is what we were trying to do in the in the in the first place. Right. Right. And and that's that's the important thing. This fallacy that Newburn is is so much higher than Duke. You know that was true before our board went out and fought in the the merger and we got duke to buy out our 1.2 billion dollars in debt which was a tribute to our board bernard white you sabrina you know dana was involved in that um johnny ray we all did a great job we came together we held the course for five years and we actually got parity with duke and and that's where we are now if you use the load management and guys if you're out there listening right now and you're saying God, I really want to lower my electric rates. Uh, I want electric rates. Call the city of New Bern Electric Department. John Wren and his department will tell you exactly how to put this load management stuff on. Won't they even do it for you? I think the uh, it doesn't cost the homeowner anything, I don't think, to put the equipment in there to do load management. I believe it's free. Yeah, I think it's free too. And by the time you put the load management on, Duke and, and New Bern are paired up they're what, equal what that does is during the high peak use hours it cuts back and you may have uh your air conditioning particularly in the summer your air conditioning may be intermittently uh off during the real peak hours for for a few minutes uh, i had it in my home for 15 years and i never noticed any discomfort from it whatsoever so it's a good deal if you don't have load management you should so, get it so that load management actually turns off your it, air conditioning? it actually shuts down um uh the uh, amount of power coming in for a short time i've i have load management on my house i've never, never ever noticed, noticed it, it right yeah you don't notice it you don't you don't notice it your air conditioning is turning on and off anyway so it it uh, it really affects the only in the peak hours on the on the hot days and and the real cold days i suppose if you have electric heat and what that does is it allows it allows you know when when our load goes up really high when the citywide load goes up really high they the John Wren and his department have to go out and purchase electricity surplus electricity at an exorbitant rate, rate. and that exorbitant rate 
comes down and it affects everybody's bills. So now, if you really want to, if you want to do something with your own electric bill, look, we've gotten it down as low as is is as is reasonable. You know, we could actually cut it by another five uh, five cents a, a kilowatt hour if we wanted to. How would we do that? Like? Uh, we would we would uh, get rid of the police department, get rid of the uh, get rid of the fire, fire department. department. Yeah. Oh. That was the brainchild of uh, Mayor Outlaw to start out with. He wanted to consolidate them. Let's let's give the let's do that. You know the uh, the police could go down to a fire and shoot it out. I don't think that's a good idea. No. Well, that fire is destroying public property. Let's arrest it. <laughs> that's what I think was the was the thought process behind that. I mean, is, is well, that there true? are some cities that have combined police and fire department, and and several of them that did that have gone back and split them again because it it turned out not to be a good idea. Uh, morale was was bad. The firemen don't want to be policemen. The policemen don't want to be firemen. So and those a, Dalmatians don't want to be German shepherds. Well, that would be true too. Yeah, that would be true. No, well. it was it's Dalmatians. It's a fire. Get it? I understand. Dressing them up like I got it. All right. <laughs> not not a, moving on from that. So how do we know this is a political stunt? Number one, it was unnecessary. The rates are the rates are the same, and the mentality that goes into this type of a political stunt where you put your entire um, fiscal process at risk for a political stunt, it's un or for, for political benefit, it's unbelievable. It is, it's unbelievable that, it, that Newbern can tolerate this kind of nonsense. Well, it's up to the voters when less than two years from now they're going to be going to the polls saying, do I want, the, do I want these same people running my city? And that's going to be when the, when the quote unquote rubber meets the road. And speaking of roads, that's a great segue into another political stunt. And by the way, guys, if you're out there, there's going to be a vote on a $15 million bond coming up uh, in November, a vote on a $15 million bond that this board of aldermen is going to be asking you to approve. It's going to raise your taxes by five cents uh, per hundred thousand. So it's going to raise your taxes five cents. This board of aldermen is saying, hey, we're great with your money. Why don't you go vote on giving us $15 million more and so that we can spend it like a bunch of drunken sailors? You know, you don't give a monkey a hand grenade. You just don't. That's not a good idea. I, I guess I, I generally am very wary. I know we've got a state bond, a huge billions of dollars. We're going to be voting on that very shortly also on whether or not we want to give our state legislators this money and i haven't made my decision yet but i'm, I'm always or what are the issues on that because well, i don't know about that it's going to be used largely for state um facilities uh community colleges uh zoos uh some of it's good but a lot of it is going to be spent on things that i think we can uh, we can not don't need to spend money on but it's it is uh you know the, the their their logic is right now money is cheap we can get this bond uh, we can. It, it, we need infrastructure. Uh, I, I get real nervous when I when politicians are given a, a handful of money at any level, state, city, government, uh, a county. I don't care what it is. Um, I'm. I'm. I tend to be uh, against big bonds. It's just basically borrowing on the future, borrowing from the future, 
to pay for today. And uh, hold and on, it's, it's and is barring on the future, it's raising taxes now raising taxes. because because no politician wants it. to raise taxes. Be honest. Hey, we're going to raise your ta- taxes five cents, and uh, and guess what? Uh, if vote on that, vote on raising your taxes. Yeah, Don't call it a bond. The, the question is, what are they going to do with this money, and and how do we control that? And that that's the thing that makes me nervous. Well, and and that's what that's what today's, you know. How are we going to control it? Who do we trust to control no, it? No. Do we, are we going to trust some guys who go, oh, well, the, the citizens are really mad at me now. I really want to distract them, so let's lower their electric rates. You're going to trust somebody who uses your money that way? No. No. Let's look at it reasonably. The next issue up is the, the issue of the sidewalks, which you brought up. Um, you brought up last week. I was driving down Glen Burnie. Ten foot wide sidewalks on either side of Glen Burnie. Yeah, it's going to be going. I mean, that can't be cheap. Concrete, oh, I guess, lot. costs money. It's an expensive project. Does it? I mean, co- concrete costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be going down Noose Boulevard next with sidewalks on both sides they're, of the street. They're, they're walking on Noose right now. I, I hear Johnny Ray wants sidewalks down the middle of the street, so on both sides plus down the middle. Is that true, Denny Booker? I, I don't. Can I you don't confirm know. that? I cannot. No, I cannot. I don't think does not true. seem as far fetched. Uh, knowing these guys, well, let's put some sidewalks down the middle. Well, I think, I think some of the strategic areas where sidewalks were put in, and this goes back a several years, uh, from the uh, where the new fire station is on on Broad Street or Martin Luther King, down and around the corner to the hospital. That was necessary. People were walking on dirt, uh, but. But wide sidewalks on both sides of Glen Burnie, I, I question that one. Well, and that's and that's the thing. And so we're we're looking at another we're looking at another boondoggle. That's Johnny Ray Kinsey's ward out there. Um, that's Johnny Ray Kinsey's ward. And we'll get into the the in. Can I say the word inefficacy of the of the ward system? Would anybody you know what I'm talking that about? Word, I guess yeah, I don't know if anybody would would. would. All right, I, no, I'm Neil. Thanks a lot, Neil. You're siding with Booker. Anyway, so hey. Before we go into the inefficacy of sidewalks, uh, I just got a um, text from Sabrina. Uh, I'm not supposed to say the word paint salesman, so I will take that back and say manager of paint salesmen. Um, that is much. That's okay. much better. Back to the Glen Burnie. You have two. Why do you need sidewalks on both sides? Let's break it down logically. Do you, why do you need? Well, I, and again, when, when I saw that project going in, that was my first question to myself: Why are we doing this? Why are we spending this much money? There are other places where sidewalks would be appropriate, but like they're not 10 feet wide, but they're at least six feet wide. And to put them on both sides of that road, if you want to walk, you can cross over and walk on one side. You don't have to have them on both sides. Well, I could picture if those downtown Manhattan, you need them on both sides. You know that bridge, the footbridge going over 70 and James City? Yes. Have you ever seen anybody going over that thing? Um, Yes, I have. I think several times in 15 years. Like three times? Uh, two or three, yeah. Well, that thing cost a fortune. It was yeah. a political boondoggle. I don't know. Uh, I know Sabrina knows the answer to that question. Political boondoggle. I think it was part of the requirement when they built that road to connect it so it w- the uh, community wouldn't be divided, that they could get from one side to the other safely. The reality of it is nobody uses it. They cross over on the street. And we are more divided as a, a city and a country than ever we have 10 seconds left. Welcome to Todd in Atlanta, and we'll be right back. Oh, we will never stop believing, Denny. Don't stop believing right here on WNBU. W- 90, 94.1. 
Can you say WNBU? WNBU. WNBU. We'd like to welcome our new listener in uh, in Atlanta. His name is Todd. He's out there. He's actually emailed in and texted us in. So we, we're, we're multi-state now, Denny. That's wonderful. You can listen to us live on uh, podcast at talknewburn.net. Um, you can like us on Facebook at talknewburn. You can follow us on Twitter at talknewburn and email us at citytalk.com at talknewburn.net got that all done let's let's we've, we've almost beat the sidewalk thing to death and, and i'll tell you why i'll tell you why we're doing why the electric and the sidewalk are, are linked because neither one of them makes sense in a strategic plan take that denny Booker. well lee before i was elected uh, when i was running for alderman this goes back more than six years ago uh, I asked for a copy of the strategic plan of the city. Most businesses of any size have some kind of a plan that says, this is where we are, this is where we want to be, and this is how we're going to get there. Uh, there was no plan. Uh, when we hired Mr. Epperson, one of the things, Mike Epperson came on board, one of the things I discussed with him was the need for us to put a plan together. And he started that process. He got each of his department managers to say, okay, what is the plan for the future? How do we plan to replace our aging water and sewer pipes, some of which have been in the ground for 30, 40, 50 years? 100 years. 100 years, whatever. How do we repair our roads in a way other than just waiting until it gets so bad that it has to be done? And, and, and one of the things that was started uh, when, when he was here was a plan, and I know that, uh, that Mark Stevens for highways, for roads in the city, Put a plan together. He was a great public. Or he he was did a, a good job. Yeah, he did a great job as public works. Public works director. He, he put a plan together as, as my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, that every 10 years, every street in the city would get repaved every 10th year. So we wouldn't wait until people complained about their roads being falling apart. But on a rotating schedule, we would do that. Well, that takes money, and that money has to go into the budget. And that's the piece that's been ignored. We haven't. We haven't faced the fact that we have to set aside each year money to prepare for these these infrastructure needs. And if, with, without doing that, we're going to find ourselves in a real crisis. So that's the piece that, that we aren't doing as a city right now. That's because there's no leadership. There's no and, leadership. You know, it's, you ever watch Naked and Afraid? No. You haven't? No. That, that it's Naked and Afraid. You've never seen it. I have not. It is a show where they put these two naked people out in the jungle and they have to scrounge for resources and they hoard stuff that they get or they don't hoard stuff that they get. This board is naked and afraid. Each ward is hoarding resources from the general pool. So ward, ward, uh, you know, Johnny Ray Kinsey's ward out there, it gets sidewalks that are not logically linked to any other sidewalk. You know, instead of putting sidewalks down both sides of Glen Burnie, well, why don't we use that other side to stretch the sidewalk and create an integrated walking path. No, because in this city, we're so big. You know, we need separate wards. We need aldermen fighting for the wards. No, we don't. We don't. We need to have one pool of money, and we need to use that money in a, fis- in, in a strategic plan in a conservative way to make the city a better place, not have each little ward fighting for its piece of the pie because it's the pie's too darn small, Denny well, Booker. Well, I think what happens... And we give me mine, give me mine. I would like more sidewalks in the middle of nowhere. Why would you like that, Johnny Ray Kinsey? 
because I want to buy votes. Oh, all right. Thank you for being so honest, Mr. Kinsey. I think uh, what happens, Lee, uh, in in all levels of government, it's called bringing the pork home. And when people get elected to uh, the Senate, Congress, they go back and tell their constituents, look what I did for you. I brought this government building or I did this, did that. And and I to a, to a much smaller degree, I think some of that goes on in our city as well. And I, I agree that it would be nice if we had at large uh, aldermen so that they all work together as a team to solve the whatever the problems are of the city, not a specific this is my ward, this is your ward. Uh, uh, the term my ward used to kind of grate on me. It's not your ward. You represent that ward, but it isn't your ward. It's the city of New Bern, and, and that, that, uh, that, that and, is a problem. That's what these guys don't understand. Dana, when he was having his election, said, oh, you, you know, one of the distinctions, it's a distinction without any meaning. He'd say, all you care about is downtown. All you care about is downtown. I represent everybody else. Well, there is no downtown and there is no everybody else. We're one city with a limited pool of resources. And until you get that narrow-minded, unenlightened view of this city out of your thick skull, we're going to start doing – we're going we're gonna to keep doing this crazy uh, ad hoc, lowering your electric rates, putting a sidewalk uh, you know, on top of a building, this kind of nonsense. These guys, it's, it just can't happen. Is that horse dead, Denny? I think we've beaten that one. Vote no on the fifteen million dollar bond coming up, and vote no. A vote for a vote for a, against that bond. Don't vote for it. Is a vote for moving the city forward. Now, county commissioners. Yeah, the county commissioners had a uh, interesting meeting this week. They had to move to the courthouse because of the crowd was much too large for their normal really? venue. Yeah, they what had was the crowd like? A couple hundred people. 200 people really uh, yeah and and the whole issue of that uh, of that crowd was the referendum that scott dacey introduced and scott was here i think a couple weeks ago talking about that scott did a great job presenting and, his and, issue and i think uh the fact is the board voted five to one uh to to approve that referendum or that motion that he made uh with this referendum and it's not binding unfortunately it has no real Uh, uh, there's no authority on this board to stop what he's trying to stop but I think everybody if unless they're living with their head in in the sand knows that in was that a reference to Saudi Arabia the sand Belgium is that xenophobic there you go Belgium France Germany all over Europe where thousands hundreds of thousands of these uh, these refugees have uh, settled has caused some real real problems and I think everybody if there are if they're thinking people uh, are concerned that the same thing could happen in our country here. It may not happen in the next year or two, but from what I understand, go to Detroit and you get into some areas and you don't want to be there because if you're not a Muslim, you are uh, not welcome. And certainly that's not what we're looking for in our city. I Is think that the Anbar region of Detroit? I'm not sure what, but it could oh. be Anbar. I'm not sure if that's what it's called. Um, the Burmese people that settled here over the last 20 years uh, have done a wonderful job for the most part of assimilating into our community. They, uh, they worship here. They, they work here. Uh, they've blended in, and they've become part of New Bern. And um, <clears throat> for my own personally, I, I employ two of them. The Burmese? They're, yes. They're great employees. They're dependable. They work hard. Uh, 
young man named Awa who works at our New Bern store. Uh, that sounds like a, one of those names from um, Avatar. Yeah, it does, Awa. Does. That was actually the the name of the god on on well, Avatar. A- Awa, E H W A H is his name, and he is a fine young man. He is married. He has three children, maybe four now. Uh, he bought a home. He is a citizen. All this has happened in the last 10 years when he came here with nothing. So we welcome those people. That is what America is all about. Unfortunately, that's not the, uh, the, uh, M- uh, the uh, MO of the, of the Muslims as they've settled in European countries. It's, they don't want to be part of us. They want to change us. And so this vote, my concern here is that this has really split our community because there are were, you hearing it? I mean, are you hearing out in the community? What? Well, I've heard that from several people that, it, you know, this this is really not good for our community, that we got two groups who are adamant on one is bring them in. And this is what we do in America. The other one is, hey, not so fast. Let's make sure that these people aren't going to come in and try to, to change our community and make it a place where where we are afraid to go into certain areas. So, uh, obviously, uh, it, they're, uh, the one side says if you're not bringing them in, you're not being Christian. The other side says let's make sure that we know who these people are before we bring them. And that's what the whole issue is. So I'm just concerned that our whole community uh, could become divided on these two camps, and that's what I—that's what happened at this at this meeting earlier this week. Did did it uh, did it erupt in riots? No, 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 nothing did, like were, that. Were people, people carried were off in in, pr- in pretty police respectful, cars? but there was some there was a lot of passion on both sides. Each group got to speak for thirty minutes. They had thirty minutes f- for and thirty minutes against, and then they voted five to one. Um, uh, uh, Commissioner Sampson was the only no vote. All right, Commissioner Sampson of, all right, I got that. Now, here, here's the deal. Here's what I would take out of that, because we had Scott Dacey on. We also had Kathy Adolph and the, and the folks from right. the Episcopal, right. um, the, the ministries uh, who, who bring these folks in. They both had very uh, cogent arguments. You know, Scott argued, Scott argued from his experience in, in, on the national level of what he sees going on nationally. Right. The, the you know, Kathy Adolph and... Uh, and the folks from the Episcopal Ministries, the Refugee Ministries, they came over and they argued. Their point was that, look, um, there's a difference between refugees and voluntary immigrants. Refugees happen to be people who come from war-torn uh, countries, like over in Syria, uh, what the, traditionally that the Middle East. Refugees don't want to leave their house. They're forced out of their they're forced out of their homeland. They would rather stay home. Um, and this isn't a voluntary thing. The refugees, if they stayed in their homeland, they would be killed. They'd be murdered. A lot of these refugees are relatives of people who helped uh, Americans out there with intelligence. And, you know, their, their loved one got caught doing intelligence, so they have to go. These refugees don't want to. And by the time the, the U.N. starts their process of vetting, and by the time they get here, it's been about two years of vetting. This was the point of the Episcopal, uh, the ministries, the, the, you know, of, of Kathy and the Episcopal Ministries, opposite point. They're saying by the time they get here, they've been vetted for you know two years. Everybody and their little brothers looked at these guys, and there's very little chance, if any, that these guys are going to be terrorists. On the other hand, Scott's, uh, Scott's argument uh, essentially boiled down to, look, um, cost-benefit analysis, we have 
uh, you know, if you use the Pinto, remember the Pinto from the 1970s? I do. I had one. Did it explode? No. But many others did explode on impact in the back. And so Ralph Nader got his little group out there and said, well, where where do we draw the line on safety? If one in 100,000 of these things blows up, um, is that safe enough? What If 10 in, in uh, you know, one in 10 blows up, somewhere there's got to be a, a, a balance of right. what is the risk? So right. we don't yet know the risk of these refugees coming in. It may seem minimal, but we don't know yet know the risk. And anecdotally, we see in Europe that has greater access, you know, there's a lot of terrorism going on, and that's coming over here. Yeah, I think the FBI director has admitted that it's impossible at this point to properly vet this group of people because they have no records, they left Syria, they left in, in mass. Most of them are young men who are um, of... Uh, Military age, if I could say that. So age. that would be nine and up. Yeah, nine and up. No, that would be fifteen and up, I guess, or whatever. But the I've point is, uh, the, the, the point is that most of these people cannot be vetted properly. Whereas the people, the young man who who works for me lived in a refugee camp in Thailand for I think ten or fifteen years before he was able to come to the United States. So it was a slow vetting process. That's not happening with the Muslims that are coming into this country. So it, it's, uh, I guess my, my number one concern is what it could do to our small community and how it could change the, the, the face of our you're community. You're tearing us apart. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Every could. could. All right. Yeah. Now, I, well, the, the bottom line is you said nobody was over at the, nobody was over at the courthouse um, fighting. Nobody was over there. Nobody had to be carried off in cop cars. Nobody threw punches or, or chanted anti-immigrant slogans no, or no, burned anything no, in no. efficacy people, people were respectful and you know what that's probably the point to take out of this that thank you everybody for coming down on both sides of this very important issue yeah actually thank you for going down to the 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 craven county um, board meeting because usually there's like four guys and, and it's the same guys so the fact that you get 200 people down there expressing their opinions on both sides of this issue uh that's the way democracy is supposed thing. to work yep and thank you for Thank you to Scott for for his uh, leadership on it. Thank you to you know Episcopal Ministries for your uh, refuge ministries for your uh, for your work on this issue. And hey, it was another peaceful day in Newburn and the exchange of ideas. Yep, absolutely. And that and that and that's what I'm thinking. And you know we can do that with just about any issue out there if we put our minds to it. Uh, look, I mean, so often here, so often here. We're just afraid to talk about stuff. You know, you're, we're afraid to talk about uh, anything, Denny. I mean, well, it's, it's unfortunate when people get branded, um, in this case, back to this particular situation, as being someone who has no heart, who is not Christian, et cetera. Uh, the reality of it is we can't in this country bring to our country the uh, – we can't eliminate poverty and, and the war-torn situations around the world. We don't have the assets or the resources to really solve that problem. The real answer is to solve the problem to be solved there, not here. And that's a piece that I think a lot of people lose track of. Um, we're, a, we're a small piece when you consider the population in the Middle East, the population in Africa, the population in, in Asia. Uh, we're very small by comparison. It, it's... Uh, it's, it's a big problem, and we can't solve it by bringing a few people here. 
No, but you know what's you know what's so good about this city? It's still a manageable size where people can dialogue. And if if you're trying to extrapolate out, like this whole this you know Congress and the national level, this whole thing going on with the national politics, blah 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 blah. I'm probably not the smartest guy to talk about that. I used to be, but I'm a lot dumber than that now. I used to have all the answers. Now, to me, politics is all local. Are the cities, as far as I can see. Um, oh no! Why are you holding that up? The cities, as far as I can see, and uh, and this city can still get together as a community and come out and talk about stuff. Well, hopefully we continue to do that. And that's, that's right. what we do. Right. I mean, that's what you do in your marriage. That's what I do in my marriage. The day that the day that talk breaks down is the day you know a marriage breaks down. And this city and our social contract is a marriage of disparate people coming together for the betterment of our city. That's the way I look at it. I agree. And so Great. keep on talking. Another big event coming up here uh, in a day or two is the uh, Super Bowl 50. How about that? Have you uh, paid attention to that? I, I, I have. I, I'm, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the advertisements. No. We have a caller. We're going to be back in about we have to take a break. Uh, hopefully the caller will be able to hang on. Um, we're going to break right now. We'll be right back with City Talk. Go get another cup of coffee and uh, see you in a minute. Hey, we are back on. Live here on City Talk, WNBU 94.1. I just got somebody who complimented me on my singing voice, Denny. Very good. Very yeah, good. I made that I up. That hey, we have a caller on here. He asks, he poses the question, um, he poses the question, why shouldn't we be uh, fiscally smart about helping out the refugees? We can help 12 out in the Middle East for the cost of bringing them here. He poses the question, what kind of person sends a kayak to rescue 15 people? Caller, go ahead. Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call this morning. Yeah, the, um, the, uh, the study that I cited was the, uh, the Center for Immigration Studies, and uh, they went over uh, all of the 10, uh, you know, the IRS, uh, all the, uh, um, I guess it's all the uh, requirements that are being uh, audited by the Office of Refugee Resettlement, and they came up with a figure of around $64,000 per refugee that we bring here to the United States. The United Nations um, Commissioner, uh, High Commissioner on Refugees only requested $1,057 to care for a refugee for one year. Now, the $64,000 that is uh, cited in the study is over a five-year period. So obviously divide that by five, and you get 12000 So the United Nations, as corrupt as that organization is, they can do it much more efficiently than we can. So we should allow them to do that, and that is to care for 12 people rather than one person by bringing them here to the United States. And, oh, by the way, if you start looking into these voluntary agencies that are contractors for the State Department to resettle these people, the CEO of the, I believe it's the uh, International Rescue Committee, he made $485 million. Um, I'm sorry, the agency made $485 million, and his salary uh, is astronomical. Uh, I mean, these All right, are hey, making thank you, money. Thank you, thank you this for is that. a money-making deal. Thank you for that call. And Denny, what do, you, what, do you, what are you saying? Well, the only thing, I, first thing I want to say is the caller corrected me and said that their vote was 6 to 1. There are apparently are seven commissioners, so I, I, I stand corrected on that. I think he's right on the money. The reality of it is that it's very, very expensive to settle someone from a foreign country here. That 
and our government is paying for that. That's one issue, and the cost is a big issue. The second issue then is, do they assimilate? And that's the other issue. So uh, the concern, you know, it's a big concern. We have no control over it other than to talk to our representatives and our senators and tell them to, to uh, have an impact on it. Look, I really don't know the the answer. When my relatives jumped off that boat, the white folk they came from Italy. The in my yeah they did. The white folk and the good white folk of of United States no more wanted my greasy little Dago grandfather in this in this country than they wanted. Honestly, he had jumped off the boat. He's, <coughs> he's filthy little peasant. I'm a peasant. Upfront about it. Um, he came here. The same debate raged wild about back then. They're bringing sickness. They'll steal your hubcaps. Yep. And, you know, maybe that was true. Grandpa did uh, did what he had to do. He died with a lot of money, educated five kids, and we all went on uh, to get PhDs or law degrees. Well, it's a passionate – it's an issue that brings passion out, no question, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, regarding Sunday uh, – Sunday, Sunday, it, Sunday. I remember – I'm old, as you have often reminded me, and I remember – I didn't say anything f- about you being 160. First Super Bowl one. They called it Super Sunday. Wasn't and that the Roman I, Empire I think, started that? I'm sorry? The Coliseum? Is that where uh, they did it? No, it was done here. But the, but the reality of it is, guys, we have an old guy, Peyton Manning, against a young stud uh, for Carolina, Cam Newton – uh, a lot of people here are Carolina fans. I'm basically not fan of either team. I'm, I'm going just for Denver. Forward. I don't care. I want the old guy to win. I want to see the old guy win. Yeah. Me too. And I want to see him in spandex like you were wearing on your bike trip. All right. That is another uh, <laughs> City Talk. Sabrina will be back next week. Uh, thank you, Sabrina, for everything you do. You've I love you, Mom. An, you've wasted another perfectly good hour listening here to Here on Car so. Talk. I'm <laughs> Diane Reem signing out.